Chapter 9 of A Game of Chance by a Self-Made Man This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Chapter 9 In the Name of the Law A big crowd had gathered outside in the street by this time. The engines were getting into position, and the firemen were bringing up their hose in readiness to turn on a number of streams on the blazing factory, the upper floor of which on the dressing-room side was rapidly being gutted by the flames. The fire now having a good headway, it was playing hijinks with that end of the building. Everybody was believed to have got out of the danger zone, and all efforts were centered on saving as much of the factory as possible. Great, then, was the astonishment of the crowd that had a clear view of that end of the building when a human figure stumbled out onto the platform of the narrow fire escape stairs. Then he seemed to pull himself together, but to everybody's surprise, instead of running down the escape, he dashed back into the burning floor. "'He's mad!' cried a spectator. "'Plum crazy!' said another. "'Who is he?' asked a third. No one knew at this time, for no one had clearly seen his face. Two of the firemen started up the fire escape. Before they reached the platform, Will again appeared at the opening, this time with a burden in his arms. "'Hurrah!' shrieked the mob in a paroxysm of enthusiasm. Propping the girl, who was Jessie Fairweather, against the railing, Will vanished into the smoke once more. A crowd seemed to realize what was meant. "'There's more inside!' was passed from mouth to mouth, and all grew quiet with apprehension. "'There he is!' cried one eagerly, pointing at the opening, which was now more obscure than ever from the smoke. Another simultaneous yell went up from the crowd as Will staggered forth, bearing Tessie Rickson in his arms. By that time the firemen had reached the upper landing. One of them picked up Miss Fairweather, while the other relieved Will of Tessie Rickson. And down the ladder they went followed by the boy whose face and hands were black from the stains of smoke and blistered by the heat. The surging mob shouted its appeal and experienced a great feeling of relief. While the superintendent was ringing Bill by one hand, the vice president of the company who had arrived on the ground was shaking him by the other, and both were telling him what a brave young fellow he was. At the same time, a crowd of employees of both sexes gathered around the group. "'It's Will Summers!' cried those in a position to see, and his name was passed about from one to another until everybody in the yard knew what the boy had accomplished. "'Isn't he grand?' exclaimed one girl. "'Why, he's a real hero,' said another. "'He saved Jesse Fairweather. And that Rickson girl, too. And just look at his face, the poor fellow.' Such was the tenor of remarks in a crowd around Will, who finally made a dive through his admirers and made his way to the engine room, at the door of which stood the engineer. In the meantime, Jesse Fairweather and Tessie Rickson had been taken by the hand by sympathizing friends and brought to their senses. At first, Tessie hardly knew whether she was glad or sorry to find herself alive. This may seem like an odd statement to make, but then Tessie had her reasons. In the first place, she had been the cause of the fire— she had been enraged by the way the girls had treated her that afternoon, for all of them suspected that she was at the bottom of the pocketbook affair, and for the purpose of getting square she had deliberately gone into the dressing room and set fire to several of the dresses in one corner of the room. In her anger she did not reflect that she was endangering the building, her idea being to destroy the clothes of those girls who had been particularly conspicuous in their hostile attitude toward her but she had unwittingly selected a particularly inflammable part of the room, a place where the partition leading against the stairs had been oil-soaked with drippings from a hanger that supported one of the cross-shafts, 
Consequently, the fire spread to the landing outside with great rapidity. When the alarm was given, she ran to the dressing rooms to save her own clothes, but was overcome with terror and heat just as Jessie appeared on the scene, and her last recollections were of the brave and unselfish efforts the girl she had injured was making to save her from a fate she was powerless to escape. She hated to think she actually owed her life to Jessie Fairweather. When the two girls learned their escape was due to gallant Will Summers, they expressed themselves in different ways, characteristic of their dispositions. Jessie had little to say, while deeply grateful to Will, but Tessie raved over the affair because it was so like the hero and heroine in the story papers she was accustomed to read. While the Northport Fire Department was doing its best to get the flames under control, Will Summers interviewed a bucket of water and a bar of Castile soap, which, with the assistance of a crash towel, soon made him presentable again. Many admiring friends gathered at the engine room to congratulate him personally. Oh, come now, he remonstrated good-naturedly. Let up on a fellow, won't you? I didn't do such an awful lot when you come to look at it in the face. I simply found the girls lying at the door of the dressing room, and you don't suppose anyone but a savage without a grain of feeling would have left them there to perish, do you? Any one of you fellows would have done exactly as I did under the circumstances. So what's the use of making all this fuss about it? I'm glad I got him out, so that's all there is to it. Oh, I don't know remarked a big operator who worked on the ground floor. Many boys, or men for that matter, would have thought of number one first of all, and not have taken the chances you did. At any rate, you're all right, Will. Bet your life he is, said another husky fellow admiringly. You're the real article, young man, spoke up one of the foremen. Every day I hear people blow about what they can do or have done. But I'd like to talk to a party who I know has done something worthwhile and isn't blowing off about it afterward. You hit the nail on the head that time, Buckley, said another employee. There's one thing certain, grinned the fifth. You've got all the girls dead rights to this trip. They'll rave over you for a month. Say, don't, objected Will with a laugh. I've only got one-size hats to my name, and I don't want you fellows to swell my head up so I can't wear them. No fear of that said the foreman. You aren't built that way. Is Will Summers here? asked a voice on the outside at this juncture. Sure he is, somebody was heard to say. What do you want with him, officer? He ain't been stealing some girl's heart, has he? With a loud guffaw. As all hands looked toward the doorway, the head constable of Northport entered the engine room. How do you do, Will Summers? I'm sorry to say my errand is an unpleasant one, but I have to do my duty. I have a warrant for your arrest. This unexpected announcement created a profound sensation among those present. End of chapter 9